You're listening to Profiles in Transformation, the podcast where we hear from inspiring people who have pursued their dream of moving to France. We learn about why they moved, how they overcame the challenges they faced, and what they love and hate about living in France. I hope that hearing their stories can help you to pursue your dreams and maybe your very own transformation. I'm your host, Allison Grant Luness, and I'm here to tell you my guests followed their dreams and you can follow yours too. It starts today. Hey, this is Allison Grant Luness, author of Foolproof French Visas and host of the podcast Profiles in Transformation. Now, in this video slash bonus podcast episode, I want to uh, just go over one of the points that we discussed with Harriet Welty Rochefort, uh, the American writer who li has lived in Paris for over 50 years. Now, one of the things I'm going to be doing uh, in these bonus podcast episodes slash YouTube videos is talking about uh, some of the administrative points that we discuss and challenges that we discuss in the podcast episodes um, so that I can give you an idea of the challenges that uh, my guests have navigated and how you can approach them on your own. Uh, so Harriet Welty Rochefort, the uh, guest in my first episode of Profiles in Transformation, is the author of three books on the French and living in France and one novel called Final Transgression. Um, all of her books are available on Amazon and linked in the show notes. And uh, what I'm going to talk about today is uh, Harriet had a very easy time when she moved to France and actually immigrated into uh, the French system. Uh, she basically had to request a residency permit and eventually uh, got naturalization. But there wasn't really a process at that time in the late 60s and early 70s whereby American citizens had to uh, do complicated visa processes and, uh, and lots of regulations about who could come and stay and, and all of that stuff. Um, so she was able to request a residency permit uh, very easily. And then uh, she was not able to apply for French naturalization until 1996. Now, she talked about uh, briefly about a US law that was changed in 1996. And after that, she was able to rush down to the prefecture in Paris and apply for naturalization as a French citizen. Now, prior to 1996, any US citizen who was naturalized as a citizen of a foreign country was automatically stripped of their US citizenship. So the US did not recognize uh, the ability to have dual citizenship if you were not you know, born with both. Um, and there were several ways that US citizens could lose their citizenship, including taking a job with a foreign government. So even something as innocuous as getting a teaching job in France where teachers of em are employees of the government, working with uh, TAPIF, the teaching assistant program in France, or enlisting in the foreign military. All of those would be uh, instances that would previously cause Americans to lose their US citizenship. Uh, fortunately, in 1996, it became a lot easier for an American to become a dual national. Um, now, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is why you might want to become a, a naturalized French, French citizen after living in France for several years. Um, and one of the things that we'll be exploring in the Profiles in France Formation podcast episodes is what makes an immigrant or an expat living in France feel French enough to request citizenship. So for some people, like Harriet uh, explained in her episode, 
um, requesting naturalization is basically an administrative process. She had been living here a long time. She had a job. She was paying taxes. She was married to a French person. Her children were French and she felt fairly integrated. So it wasn't for her a very deep, uh, a deeply emotional process in which she felt that she had to do something else to prove or to feel like she deserved to become a French citizen. Uh, for her, meeting the basic requirements seemed to be enough. Now, for others, like our guest Michael Olnick, who is our guest in episode three, uh, for him, his identity was very important, and he doesn't yet feel like he deserves to be French. He feels that for him, he would have to uh, feel like he met a certain level of Frenchness and a certain level of integration into French society before he would feel comfortable requesting nationality. So one of the things that we'll talk about throughout our episodes and with our many guests is at what point do you deserve, you feel like you deserve to apply to be naturalized as a French citizen? And is there an identity question that comes into play with feeling like you're still very American or very, you know, ha have a very strong tie to your identity as uh, being from your home country? And at what point does that identity matter less than the fact of living in France and wanting the benefits of, of becoming a French citizen? So French citizenship is not that difficult to get. Um, I'll talk about the criteria a little bit later in this video, but obviously you have to make the decision to apply at some point and, and decide whether or not you want those benefits and obviously responsibilities of being a citizen. So what are the benefits of becoming a naturalized French citizen? Um, as Harriet mentions in her episode, she was working as a journalist. She was working for Time Magazine, the International Herald Tribune. And it was very difficult for her. She, she was easily able to find jobs and get work authorizations. And this was before the, the European Union existed. But she may have had a different career or different work opportunities if she had become French earlier. Because there are many jobs in the government and even people like teachers, uh, post office workers uh, in, in certain public service areas are, uh, are French government positions or even um, now they're open to EU citizens as well. Uh, those opportunities were not available to her as a non-French or non-European, well, European didn't exist yet, but as a non-French person in the 70s, those opportunities were not available to her. So, so she was fairly limited in certain types of careers that she could not access. And even today, if you want to be a teacher or work for work in certain government positions, fonctionnaire positions, a lot of those are going to require at least European citizenship, if not French citizenship, and obviously a very high level of French language skills. Uh, in addition, obviously citizenship enables you to vote and to express your opinion through political suffrage. And that's important to you if you want to have a voice in your local elections, if you wanna participate in any kind of, uh, of political action, uh, you don't have to be French to, for example, start an association or participate in an association. But if you want to work either at the local uh, or municipal level or at any level in French politics, you really need to have French citizenship. 
One of the other main benefits of having French or any European citizenship is that it enables you to live and work in other EU countries as well. So with a French passport, you can leave France indefinitely and then uh, and then return. You can easily transmit citizenship to French citizenship to your minor children, including if you already have children before you become a naturalized French citizen, your minor children will also get French citizenship at the same time as you. So, um, with any type of visa or even with a long stay, uh, a long-term residence permit, like a 10-year card, you're, you can be limited in the types of work that you're allowed to do outside of France and other countries in the European Union. You're limited in the amount of time that you can spend uh, outside of France or living outside of France while, uh, while maintaining your residency status. Um, and you have to maintain your residency status for a certain number of years before you're able to apply for citizenship. So obviously once you become a citizen, then you know if you want to go and live for 10 years in Ireland or Italy or wherever, you would still maintain that, that French citizenship, be able to come back at any time, obviously be able to move to Italy or any other country in the EU without having to go through the arduous process of getting a visa or a residency permit uh, converted for another country. Um, Finally, uh, if renouncing your U.S. citizenship is something that interests you, there's been a lot of increased interest in uh, renouncing during the past couple of years due to certain tax laws that are now affecting Americans abroad more and more. Um, but you have to have another citizenship first. So if you don't yet have another citizenship, becoming naturalized as a French citizen or getting citizenship from another EU country is one of the first steps in order to be able to renounce your U.S. passport. Um, so it's important to know that certain visas will allow you to ultimately apply for French naturalization or lead you to other visa types that will enable you to, uh, to make that application, but not all visa types can lead to a long-term residency permit, so a 10-year card, or the naturalization process. Basically, the visa types that are considered immigrant visa types are the ones that would allow you to work full time and to renew indefinitely. So notably, if you're on a student visa, an au pair visa, any kind of temporary work permit or a visitor visa, you don't really have a clear path to citizenship. And so those are the visa types you want to avoid if you want to ultimately become a long-term French resident or a naturalized French citizen. Now, all of these things are explored in my book, Foolproof French Visas, where I go through every single visa type that exists, basically, and I tell you for each visa type what potential paths you have for staying in France long term, if that's something you decide you want, or, um, or applying for French naturalization. As an example, if you were to come to France with a three-year intercompany transfer visa, so it's called salarié en mission, where you're transferred from a company outside of France to work in France. That visa is normally limited to three years and you cannot renew or extend it in France for any reason. So even if you are, you're on an expat contract, you're on this visa type and you have a very high salary, at some point, you're not going to be able to renew your visa. You're gonna to have to go back to your home country to apply for a new visa. And then those three years that you already spent in France do not count towards the length of time required for uh, getting that 10 year residency card or getting, or count towards the five years required to apply for naturalization. So that's something that I like to talk about with my clients from our very first phone call so that I can have a good idea of whether staying long-term is a potential goal for them 
And I prefer to work with clients who, or, you know, if there are some doubts about whether or not you would want to stay long-term, I prefer to plan as though you're going to stay forever. um, Because I know it's always possible to go home and to return to your home country and decide that it's not for you or to not apply for French naturalization or to not request the 10-year card. That's always a possibility. But if you come here on the wrong visa type and then you decide you do want to stay, uh, it can be a very complicated and long process to straighten things out and get you on the right visa type that does give you those options. And it can kind of be a big mess. So if you, for any reason, think that you may want to eventually settle in France, that could be something that you want, give yourself the option from the very beginning. Uh, so that you don't have to go through complicated visa switches and go home and lose time and and have it cost a lot of time and money that in a way that's unnecessary. So there are two ways to become a French citizen uh, if you do not have French citizenship through heritage or, or anything like that. Uh, there's citizenship through marriage and there's citizenship by decree. Now, it's important to know that you have to have a valid carte de séjour for living in France in order to apply for naturalization, uh, but you do not have to have a 10-year card. During the naturalization process, you still have to continually renew your carte de séjour uh, or your visa uh, until your citizenship actually goes through. And once your citizenship is approved, it's published in an official journal, and it will actually block your carte de séjour renewal in the French immigration system. So your carte de séjour will actually be voided in the prefecture system once your naturalization has been approved. I was actually in line behind a, a young woman uh, at the prefecture one time and she had she had come because her carte was expired. She had a récépissé that was expiring. She wanted another one and the woman was looking her up in the system and couldn't find her, couldn't find her number. It's like, I can't find, you know, I, I can't renew your récépissé because, uh, because I can't find you. And the woman, the young woman was like, well, I have to have it for my boss so that I can go to work. And then she finally found the answer. Congratulations, you have become French. And uh, the woman was not able to give her a recipe because uh, her naturalization had been approved since the last time she had uh, gotten that recipe. So that was a really nice uh, moment to, <laughs> to experience. Um, for citizenship by marriage, uh, you need to be married for, to a French citizen for four years if you've been living in France together and for five years if you've been living outside of France. So if you're living together with a French person and married for at least five years outside of France, uh, you can actually get citizenship through your local French consulate with uh, your French spouse. And you can do that all without ever having lived in France. And so one of the benefits of that is if you're applying from outside of France, it goes a lot more quickly through the consulates because they have far fewer demands uh, and requests than the prefectures within France. And so many couples, what they'll do is if they're living outside of France and they'll go through the process before they, before they decide to relocate back to France. And then that facilitates the whole process. Like you don't have to apply for a visa. You can get healthcare automatically when you, uh, when you arrive and things like that. Um, now one situation is if you are with a French spouse and then, and you've been married, even if it's been longer than five years, and then you move to France, you will have to wait another three years of actually living in France before you can apply. Uh, 
So that can be a little bit that can be a little bit complicated and extend your timeline slightly. Uh, as part of the application through marriage, you will have to provide documents proving that you've been living together, uh, that neither of you ha secretly has other spouses anywhere, uh, and you'll have to show a have a language test showing that you have at least a B1 level of French. Now, for getting married, uh, getting naturalization through being married to a French citizen, it's a much more automatic process. Uh, there, there isn't so much of a control of are you integrated? Are you, um, you know, are you financially stable? There's no income minimum. There is a little bit of are you integrated in the sense that there have been cases of people being refused for, uh, you know, their men being refused because their wives were deemed too submissive and things like that, and not fitting into like cultural Republican values, French Republican values. Um, but for the most case. Uh, for most cases as Americans, you're not gonna necessarily have to worry about that. Um, the one main concern is it can be very easy to get, but if you get divorced within two years of receiving your French nationality, it can actually be taken away. And so you wanna be a little bit careful. And if your relationship is on the rocks, you don't want to be applying uh, through those means because you are going to have to go through an interview together and, um, you know, they'll be asking you questions and you want to make sure that there aren't going to be any doubts about whether or not the marriage is valid and things of that nature. Now, naturalization by decree is much more difficult to get and it's a more complex application to assemble. And the main, there are two main criteria. One is that you have to prove that you've been living in France for at least five years continually. Um, which means that even if you've changed your visa status, um, you haven't gone back to get a new visa. So for example, if you were an au pair for 18 months and then went back to the US to get a visa and then were on a temporary work uh, visa with the French American Chamber of Commerce for 18 months and then went back to get a different visa, um, those three years total are not going to count towards natural towards your period of continually living in France. So on the other hand, if you are a student for two years and then switch to uh, the formerly APS visa recherche d'emploi, and then you switch to a salarié visa and you're you've been in a CDI for two years um, and you've been in five years total, but with several different visa types, that's okay as long as you haven't returned to the U.S. Um, or to your home country to get a new visa and a new EGDEF number and go through the OP process again. Anything like that is going to reset your clock back to zero. Now, the other main criteria is proving your financial stability. So that means showing the past five years of taxes that you've paid and that, you've, that you're earning more than 1.5 times the minimum wage. And usually it means that you're either on a CDI and outside of your trial period or that you've been stably and consistently employed uh, as a self-employed person. If you've been if you've been in a series of internships and interim contracts and and CDDs, which are which are short-term work contracts, it can be a lot more a lot more difficult to be naturalized French. And so, one of the things that you want to really make sure um, is that your employment situation is stable. If you go on unemployment for any reason, especially during the process of becoming naturalized you're going to be uh, rejected or adjourned for a period of two years. And then you'll have to wait two years before you can apply again. So as I mentioned, my book, Foolproof French Visas, covers the path to residency and naturalization for each visa type. 
Um, and one of the things that I really like to work with on my clients before they even start the visa process is their long-term goals for living in France and whether or not they'd, they'd ultimately like to apply for French naturalization. So I hope that was helpful for you to clarify uh, Harriet's experience becoming a French citizen. And again, we will be exploring the concept of French citizen French citizenship and what it means to request naturalization as a French citizen in future episodes. So thanks for watching and listening, and I look forward to seeing you in our next episode. Bye. If you want to move to France but aren't sure how to make it happen, the place to start is with the visa. Knowing your French visa options can help you to develop your vision of what your future transformation will look like and enable you to take concrete steps towards pursuing your dream of living in France. That's why I've written Foolproof French Visas, the complete guide to understanding and applying for French visas. It lays out all of the requirements for each of the 22 French long-stay visa types, from short-term work visas to family visas to the passport talent, from how to apply to pathways to permanent residency and naturalization. Foolproof French Visas is available in paperback on Amazon and as an ebook on yourtransformation.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening to this episode of Profiles in Transformation with Allison Grant-Luness. If you liked this episode, please like, subscribe, and share on social media. I'll see you next time for a new episode. And in the meantime, I hope we've inspired you today to pursue your dreams, no matter how big or small. Remember, the way you bring your own dreams into reality is by believing in yourself and taking small steps towards your goal. Start today, start now, and à bientôt.